Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 155 of Midweek Metagame. I'm HamptonG, joined here by my two regular co-hosts, Patrick Robertson. Hey, everyone. How's it going? And Game on a Seaf. Hello. Oh, well, well, well. We have the regional championship this weekend, Pioneer format. Gab's playing, I'm commentating, Pat's watching. We're going to be discussing Pioneer to start off the podcast this week. We're also going to be getting into some formats that we've also played, heavily including Modern. Um, but before we get into this week's episode and to dive into everything you need to know Pioneer and Modern, the podcast is brought to you by Card Market. Those who don't know what Card Market is, it's a marketplace online to buy anything Magic the Gathering related. Singles, accessories, deck boxes, sleeves, play mats you can sell on there. You can buy other card games, Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Flesh and Blood. You name it, they've got it. If you need anything card game related, go cardmarket.com or cardmarket.eu right now. And also, while you're on the internet, don't forget to join the podcast Discord. If you want to ask us any questions, submit anything for the podcast, whatever, get into the podcast Discord. It'll be in the description of this episode or on our Twitter page. If you want to support us, patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. No pressure to do so, but thank you to all of our current patrons. Now, let's get into the juicy stuff. We have a Pioneer Regional Championship this weekend. I think, uh, first off, what is at stake, Gab? You're you're invited. What are you looking to play for here this weekend in Bulgaria? So, some money, and the top finishers qualify for the Pro Tour. I think for Europe, it's top 36, maybe. And in the US, maybe top 48 that qualifies for the Pro Tour. So, yeah, it's the bulk of, um, of the Pro Tour invites. So, it's going to be in these regional qualifiers. I think most regions are playing this weekend, except for maybe one of the Canadian regions and a few others. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe it's kind of split half and half, more or less. I think the, I think the Australian one is next weekend. No one cares. I know, but I <laughs> secretly. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> no, I'm, I'm teasing. Honestly, Aaron loves. Uh, Australia. <laughs> Everyone. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, some money, the PT invite. It's my first big tournament since COVID. So we'll see how that goes. I'm nervous slash excited. Should be a, should be a fun time anyways. See some people, meet some viewers, some subs. Get to hang out with you, Harry. And um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so these are yeah these are the stakes. When you when you say the pro tour invites at the stake, uh, presumably you already qualified for at least one of these pre T finals via Hall of Fame status. Is that right? Yeah, I get to to pick a pro tour of my choice. So if I don't do well, I'll use it for the first pro tour of next year, most likely the first one of the season. This way that this way I have a better chance of chaining invites. Okay, right. So you got a fallback plan okay. if it doesn't go, go doesn't go swimmingly. Yeah, cool. exactly. And given how things are looking right now, it's probably not going to go swimmingly. I still don't know what I want to play. I've played a ton of blue-black, and it's been kind of okay, but not great. Frank Carson did a kind of metagame, a record-weighted metagame analysis he, he posted, and it was what you would expect, you know, Phoenix and, and Green on you know at the top of the metagame shares. And then Ragdos Midrange and Mono White Humans, Azorius Control, Lotus Field, Karuga Fires, Bound Spirits, 
red green vehicle and abs and grease flying so i think i asked him what weighted metagame meant and i think he said basically what you're most likely to play against it if you're doing well in the tournament i think it takes the records of these decks and um adjust you know for for that right so, so he would take like you know green's been popular and green's been winning so its metagame share would go up in yeah, its weighted exactly. metagame share whereas a deck that's played a lot of and not winning very much would go down okay right yeah so weighted weighted based on its performance okay yeah and right now I'm honestly not sure. I feel like, you know, the top three decks run kind of close against each other. You know, I think Phoenix is slightly favored against Green, according to most people. Green is probably favored against Ragdos. That was my experience when I tested, but Ragdos got the new shade. I think it's called Misery's Shadow, and that helps a bit. It makes your Dreadbores, you know, exile trolls and whatnot, and card just closes out the game pretty fast yeah like from solid cards fr- from from my experience playing that red black deck the deck the draws for the, that were hard to beat from the green side were the ones where they just clogged the board with trolls and uh and with cavalier of thorns as well it wasn't so much that they were kind of comboing off necessarily because you're pretty good at keeping their mana like somewhat in check like you could your fatal push an elf or here and there and you could pressure a, a kiora planeswalker or whatnot but if they just gummed up the board then you could never get through and never close the game and eventually they'd overwhelm you with more powerful spells so having yeah. a card that can you know, turn off those uh graveyard graveyard synergies or dice triggers uh from the big creatures uh, goes a long way i would imagine yeah i also heard overloading your sideboard with epic downfalls helps a decent bit in that matchup mm-hmm. ragdos against phoenix yeah. i'm not too sure i heard it slightly favored for ragdos yeah and i think ragdos does okay against the, the creature decks too so it seems like maybe ragdos is maybe the the best choice um, i mean i guess to- one of the things that i've observed over the last couple of weeks online and from watching and playing a little bit myself is just how much Phoenix has been around lately compared to, you know, the last couple of months. It feels like the last few months has been, you know, people had kind of decided that Phoenix wasn't very good. Um, they, they banned expressive iteration and people kind of went cold on the deck a little bit. And so it was kind of dropping in numbers. And I felt like this, the story was that Red, Black and Mono Green were the two decks to beat. And there's been a huge resurgence of Phoenix recently. I mean, I think Canister won Pioneer Challenge two weeks ago. And then I really, everyone, every, every time I tune into your stream, you're playing against it two or three times a league. Yeah, I've been playing against a lot. By far the you know most deck I've played against the most. I think it started with the mocks, right? When Nathan Stoyer won the mocks was Phoenix. Right. It was it was based off the mock the mocks kind of set it in motion, okay. I think so. And yeah, deck's just super solid, you know. Maybe maybe some of the lists weren't great before, or maybe some people, you know, maybe the maybe the good players feel like they've got better sideboard plans in the matchups and they feel like they have an edge with Phoenix. You know, I know cancer didn't play Phoenix. I was watching whale stream X whale stream. He was on Phoenix Jarvis. You know, there's also that, like, I think some of the, the, some of, I mean, there's not a ton of pioneer streamers and whether it's Jarvis or canister or X whale, they've been, you know, playing Phoenix. So maybe that come contributed to to more more people picking up the deck harry i know that a couple of 
a couple, about a month or so ago, we were we were maybe talking about your experiences with Green versus Phoenix, and you're saying that matchup's close, but depend it depends heavily on how how the Phoenix deck has configured its sideboard more than anything else as to how favorable it is one way or the other. Is that still something that feels true? Yeah, I think that at the the peak era of green when uh when Phoenix and Green were bashing against each other. I mean, I was playing against four Aether Gusts, two Disdainful Stroke, two Thing in the Ice, something like this. I mean, if Phoenix has this type of package, I find that it's very hard to beat as green. Okay. Um, I think also Mulligan Decisions is heavily uh, swings the matchup because games where I have my turn one elf and it lives, surprisingly, I most of the time win. And games where I have my turn one elf and it dies, surprisingly, I lose. So, like, kill Elf into Thing in the Ice is really brutal against me because the idea of the deck is to try and get a Cavalier of Thorns down. So, you know, you gust the Cav, sample throw the Cav, whatever. It makes it, it means really rough. I think it's down to how many gusts you have okay. and does the Elf die. So, the, so the worst I've seen don't have near, you know, they don't have any anything on them. Like, Canister has Young Power Mancer after sideboard. He has maybe one or two gusts, one or two strokes, no Thing in the Ice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen... I, I, I think the Phoenix players feels like they don't need this many interactive spells. They can just find, you know, the one or two they need and rely a bit on spell pierce too, I guess, to, to slow people down. So right. maybe they just right. need slots for other matchups. You know, you there's a lot of ground to cover. Right, that's, that's, that's actually interesting because I was going to try and put forward the other, the other idea that, you know, this is a kind of big meaningful tournament and you know, the consensus kind of best deck in the format has been green. And so maybe I was thinking that people may be picking Phoenix up again because they can target green because they feel like it's going to be a larger percentage of the meta- metagame they're going to go, go play against. But if you're saying that people who, with winning lists aren't even necessarily bending over backwards to beat green, then maybe things have just you know naturally come to an equilibrium. Yeah. From from what it seems, like the the, the players I've spoken to is that you can play any deck and green against any deck can always turn the game randomly. And I think a lot of these players going to the tournament, they're like, okay, I play Legacy and Modern. I don't really play Pioneer. Well, green is super easy to pilot. I'm just going to play it, and it's not even that expensive, really. Whereas I think Rakdos and Phoenix, you get insanely punished for very narrow decisions. And, uh, you know, a lot of players feel like green is just a super easy deck to pilot. You can make tons of mistakes and still combat the opponent. On turn five, six, or seven. I agree. It's probably much easier to play. I disagree. Was you know you can make a ton of mistakes. It's you know you're. I think you're going to get punished just as much with green if in the long run if if you make mistakes in the close games and stuff. But yeah. So what what's happening with blue black? I mean, it feels like over the last month you've gone from top eight in the challenge, playing all these NAR sets and. Day's Undoings to, I believe I described it in your scream as detuning it into oblivion, but like you're kind of in a completely <laughs> different, uh, completely different state of blue black and uh, control or mid range at the moment. You're kind of heavy on ledger shredders and you know cutting all your expensive spells. So where are you at right now, and what's what's drawing you to it? Yeah, right now I'm playing. A lot of cantrips, four ops, four consider, treasure cruise, dig, you know, split. I'm playing four ledger shredders, some couple thing in the ice, and right. so it's basically like phoenix shell, like the the blue the blue phoenix shell, 
but with black cards instead. Yeah, exactly. I haven't tried pieces of the puzzle. Maybe that card's good too. Even if you don't abuse it was, you know, self-milling Phoenix. It's but, tough. Like, I feel like either way, Phoenix, I think maybe this version is a little worse against Phoenix. Like, the more Narset, the better against Phoenix. I think Narset's the best card because their best card is Treasure Cruise and Narset stops that. They also have very to no ways, really, to get rid of a Planeswalker because Fear Impulse doesn't, doesn't deal with it. So... Um, I don't even expect I don't even expect people to really have the new bolts, just because f- fire impulse and lightning axe are just so efficient. The new bolt being the four mana one that we just uh, the, yeah. the two ma- the, the two mana four damage one that yeah, we mentioned in our like Exile Troll, for instance. Yeah, right. I could maybe see people playing like a strangle, you know, strangle in really small numbers or stuff or something like that, but. uh yeah, it's like you gain ground. You know, this version was thinking the ice shredder. I think is a little better against green because mm-hmm. you can snowball of these creatures. But I think it's a little worse against Phoenix. And all my versions have fell behind against Ragdos. So it's not like super appealing. It's also not very good against Azorius Control. I think it's. I think Bulldogs. <laughs> usually decent against the the creature decks like mono white and band spirits i think it's close against karuga fires i think you're probably slightly favored against lotus field so it's it's kind of whatever you know it's it's just every deck feels that way right the top three decks feel like they're you know roughly 50 50 against each other you know overall and you know, then you have mono white humans that's maybe better against green, but then probably behind against Phoenix and mid range. So you have a little more skewed matchups. I think you have Azurius control that's kind of even across the board. Yeah. Really just 50 50 against almost everything. Um, classic, I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, is that is that not a place that you would like to? Uh, I, I kind of. If you could choose before the tournament to be 50-50 against everybody, would you would you take that? I mean, ideally, no, right? You you want to have like some kind of edge. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Um, and then you have Lotus Field, which is really good against Phoenix. I actually played Phoenix in the Pioneer Challenge, and I got all the worst matchups. I lost twice to Lotus Field. I kind of miraculously beat White Green Angels, or it fell that way, anyways. Um, you know, they have Rest in Peace, Portable Hole, and Shaper's Sanctuary after sideboard, and their creatures are annoying. Yeah, I can't ever um, imagine I, getting to attack with a Phoenix in that matchup. I, yeah, I got a lucky, and I think I lost, or I, maybe I, I beat something. But anyways, so my experience with Phoenix was kind of bad. But yeah, Lotus Field, supposedly really good against Phoenix. Uh, pretty good against Ragdos, too. Even though Ragdos... You know, Ragdos will kill you turn five, and they have discard, so it's probably, you know, somewhat close, but still Lotus Field favored. I'm assuming Lotus Field is behind green, right, Harry? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, actually, I'm not too sure, because green's removed Damping Sphere, right? So... Yeah, green can get the Brainstone now if they want to. I don't know how Mm. efficient that card is. And... I think it's very behind Mono White, right? Just probably a terrible matchup, Mono White. I think Lotus Field against Control is 
closer than people think. Kind of depends on what the, the control player has. Yeah, I think if the control player is heavy on sensors and make disappears, it's not very good for them. But if they're Dobbins vetoing and or sinister sabotaging, then you know things life gets a bit easier. Yeah. So that's maybe you know out of the six seven decks, maybe like the ones that has a you know least even matchups, I guess. Yeah. If you're trying to 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 make a metagame call, but if you expect green to be the most played deck, and that deck's not super good for you. Um, it, it did do it did it well this weekend though in the challenges. There was a lot of Lotus Field in the top eights. Yeah, I saw at least two on the uh, on one of the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, h- hard tournament to call. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I was trying to you know tune that blue black deck to a place where I felt like I was felt pretty good against, uh, about most matchups, but I didn't really get there. And um, in the last couple of days or since yesterday, I've been trying some of the new cards. Mm. I'm sure people are curious about, you know, if Brothers War is going to have an impact. I tried Arcane Proxy, which is the Snapcaster Mage, the 2 1 for 2 blue and 1 that lets you replay a spell that costs 1 or 2. I tried it in my blue black deck. It felt pretty bad. It was awkward because the, the body obviously is not very good. And it kind of forces you to play in ways you don't want to sometimes, you know, it doesn't give you that flexibility of keeping mana up of, you know, and obviously you need to have the spells and, and curve out and it is a free mana spell. So you need to hit your third land drop and you're playing a little land count. So instead of, you know, going shredder into, you know, maybe a couple spells, then even if you don't have your third line, you know, you can cantrip and play a thought seize or whatnot. So I think that card's, pretty bad in that deck maybe it's good in some kind of blue red shell with shrapnel blast or you know something all more that, that that's gonna nickel and dime you and push some damage through in the two one body does matter mm-hmm. and had a good shrapnel, shrapnel blast. blast yeah do like shrapnel you know, play, blast. play play the new two one that makes gives you artifact creatures when you cast spells yeah. the new the um, so that was kind of a bust as far as I'm concerned. It was really small sample, but it, it kind of made sense, you know. Maybe maybe I'm just wrong and the card's good, but I, I doubt it. I think I was watching I tried... your stream a little bit that it was last night, right? When it when it all came out live and I was watching your stream a little bit and I tuned in a little bit late and you were just like two league two matches into your league or something, you're like, I am off this like I'm off yeah. this card and he's dropped from the league or whatever. Yeah, I went I went O two O two even though I also didn't play great. I tried um, it's definitely Arcane Proxy's fault then. Yeah. I tried Blue Red was eight young pyromancers and Shredder and you know tons of cantrips and cheap burn spells. And that, that deck looked pretty good. It felt pretty good. Um I think I went two two and then my last opener didn't show up. Todd Anderson played a league yesterday was a deck. I got the list from his Twitter feed and he uh, he went 4-1. I think he said he beat green three times, lost to Angels, and then beat something else. So the deck seemed okay. You know, it, you, you're playing a few lands. You need your creatures to kind of live. So things can, can go kind of poorly for you. But... Thought the deck was strong. I tried the new Sahili. He didn't have that card in his deck, and the the new four mana Sahili carried me a bunch. I just wanted a card that is good against sweeper, you know, and that can snowball 
and it did just that for me. I had one in the main, one on the sideboard. It was pretty good. I, I kind of like, I beat control. I beat, I actually beat a blue black arcane proxy deck. And then I lost to red green. It's kind of close. They actually got me was, what's the name of that card? Red and green and uh, cinder vines. No. Every time you, spell, you play a spell, you take one. And on top of that, you, they can sack it to kill one of your artifact tokens to deal the last two points of damage. So I, I actually beat double Cinder Vines one of the game, but then third game, I guess my draw was terrible. Um, I lost to something else. I think I went three and two overall. So, you know, deck felt fine. I'm assuming you're probably not very good against Phoenix. Oh, I lost to Ragdos, even though they drew well. It kind of makes sense, right? They have cheap removal. Yeah. They have a lot of card advantage. They, they never run out of gas with Fable and Blood Tokens. And yeah, those Pyromancer decks are really reliant on keeping one of those cards around and sustaining it. Otherwise, they're spinning their wheels, yeah. doing very little. I'm interested in the Sahili card, though. So, good experiences there. Is it tied into the fact that you're pretty reliably making artifact tokens from your third path iconoclast? Or would you say it's a kind of maybe a card that could see sideboard play and say Blue Red Phoenix? I think it's just a good card, you know, it's in the vein of Sorin, just solidly costed Planeswalker, four mana, self-sustain, draws. So, you know, obviously it's a bit better when you have an artifact and you play it and you can draw right away, but making tokens, it's cool. You can make two tokens, maybe Chum Block was one, have Untap was the second one that you used to plus one scry and draw cards. It's just, you know, a solid, yeah, it's just a solid Planeswalker. Could see play in, in Phoenix. He has, you know, whatever Planeswalker you think, you know, is the best. I was playing Giganta. The list had Giganta, so you couldn't play the free mana Sahili. I think the free mana Sahili is also really solid. I remember back in, I don't even know which format. I think it was the old Pioneer format, actually. I was playing blue White Control, and when the Phoenix player would resolve that, Three mana Sahili, I felt like I couldn't win anymore. Just every time they play a spell, they get a 1 1. I can't really get rid of it. It was a nightmare. But c- couldn't play that one because of Giganta. So, yes, yeah, Sahili is kind of nice. You can't, you know, if you want to keep Giganta, you can't play Chandra either. Um, can't play the four mana chase. So, you don't have that many options. And what else? Yeah, the deck had. You know, four treasure crews and also three copies of, of one mind, which is either divination or for one blue, or it costs just one blue if you control a human and a non-human. And, you know, both two ones are humans and they make non-humans, so pretty easy to make it cost one. Oh, is it a no, is, does Iconoclast make a non-human token as well? Yeah. Just, an, so. is it just a soldier, an artifact creature soldier. Yeah, something right. like that. Sweet. So yeah. you're still completely undecided for this tournament, I would guess. Yeah, I am. I also have been trying um, a few matches with Magma Opus, was the, the Stern Lesson card, which is a blue and two instant speed draw two discard one. You get a Power Stone token. Trying to ram that, ram, you know, help me ramp up to Gear Hulk, and that's been kind of promising. The the Power Stone tokens do a lot of cool things. They let you. You know, cast gear all faster, cycle for bigger shark typhoon, uses the man the mana ability of Fable. I I used a field of rune earlier to um you know just activate a field of rune, activate all the creature lands, activate uh, auto war on Sokenzan, 
Castle Vantress. So they have decent bit of utility, honestly, more than uh, more than I realized at first. Yeah, they certainly don't look like doing anything on the surface, but yeah, now that you mention it, there's all sorts of ways to do things that aren't casting non-artifact spells. Yeah, so that card might be good. Maybe maybe I should just try out the creativity version. I'm not sure I'm going to have time, but... <laughs> yeah, coming up with a deadline. Yeah, because creativity also plays these lands. They, they maybe play Castle Vantress. They're maybe happier to play more copies of Shark Typhoon. So... Yeah, and Fable's still a hell of a card. I was on the fence if I should play Fable in the deck because I felt like it's going to be awkward. I'm not really going to want to tap out, but the card's just so powerful. Like I played against Lotus Field. It, it helps you race and get ahead on mana and make bigger sharks and kill them faster. Against Mono White, you know, they they even Brutal Cathard the token, but, you know, it's it filters and then you flip and then you're copying Gearhawks and actually... You know, I, I, f I felt like maybe copying Gearox would be overkill, but no, it wasn't. It was super relevant in so many games. Um, to actually, you, you kind of need that to push through. So, yeah, Shocker, Fable, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. <laughs> yeah, good match. Was good in my red deck. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny because Fable of the Mirror Breaker has only been discovered to be really good in Legacy. So now loads of people casting in Legacy. It's, it's jokes. And it's still really good there. Yeah. So yeah, the card is just nuts. So it's just vintage now, or just vintage that's still like holding, holding on. Yeah, I think the funniest thing is when people realize that expressive iteration is broken in vintage. Like I expressive iterationed into ancestral recall in Black Lotus, mm. and I think that's when people realize how good the card is. But um, no, yeah, I I, I honestly think that Pioneer is not looking too good in my opinion to be opened up by the uh, brothers of brothers of war cards i think that it to me it feels like um do you do you really think that diabolic intent is going to have an impact on the format or how's how's that look so far I you, you were telling me you played against it right yeah i was literally playing a, a league I, you know i started this league 2-0 was the, the blue red opus deck and i got paired against red black sack and they had diabolic intent in their deck and they were playing carries Zev's expertise so you can even go carry Zev, steal your creature, sack it to intend. It looked pretty decent in in that shell, you know. So yeah, I don't think it's gonna have a huge impact. If it if it does, I I think it would you know tend to make your deck a little worse. I feel like I'd maybe rather play a village rights in my deck than diabolic intent in a deck like red black sack. But yeah. uh, you know, obviously, I could be wrong. Um, no, yeah, I think yeah. the cost is very high in Pioneer, and I feel like you... I think, to me, the biggest thing is you don't really have much time to two-mana sack to tutor against a lot of decks. I don't know, but... Korizev, when I played a lot of red-black red, sack, jun sack, Korizev was quite popular with Deadly yeah. Dispute. And I always wonder, is Diabolic Intent that much better compared to Deadly Dispute in the format, you know? in Specifically in the sack decks, right? Because you get the treasure and the two cards. Yeah. So... It, it, it might be good to get silver bullets out of your sideboard. It might shine in sideboard games. Mm. I was talking about Lotus Field. You know, you probably have a pretty terrible Lotus Field matchup with Red Black Sack, but what if you can all of a sudden tutor for an Alpine Moon or, you know, the Brainstone, whatever, you know, mm. whatever you think is going to be the best card against them. I'm not sure how many cards like that there are that you would want to tutor for in a Red Black deck, but I think against me, they, they maybe got 
Ashok Nightmare Weaver or no Ash the Freemana one that exiles graveyard. Yeah, it actually, I know. What you're yeah, it actually ended up doing almost nothing because I was able to just opus on tap gear hog and like kind of play around it and stuff. But that could be a cool a cool way to use it. Just get some some silver bullets like Alpine Moon and whatnot after sideboard. Maybe Necromancia. The deck is really good at grinding for the most part against all the fair decks. So having silver bullets for the unfair decks might be a great spot to be. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe get like your sweeper or who who knows? I'd be surprised if yeah, it, it sounds kind of good. My favorite Reddit post that I read about Diabolic Intent is that it's going to break a boreal grazer. <laughs> so Well <laughs> but no. Little they know yeah, it's no, already broken. <laughs> Overall, though, you're testing on Magic Online. The cards are available. Are you seeing much Brothers of War? Because the availability is so low, right? Yeah, I actually ran into that Arcane Proxy deck. I ran into a blue-white artifact deck was the five-mana Meekstone, whatever. I'm assuming they had Urza, too. And uh, what else? What else did I play against? I mean, it's only been a day and I haven't played like a million matches, but mm. yeah, there's there's some cards. People are getting the hand on cards. You can play, you know, you can get cones and uncones pretty easily from the bots, a few of the rares. So you you can if, if you want to, but it's, it's not super easy. Yeah. Have you used any of when we had Pygonti on? He said that he only played against green and red black. Have you used any of this? Because obviously... Magic Online, you're going to have a lot more diverse decks than paper. Have you still used that information from Warsaw? Do you think that's at all relevant going into uh, Sophia? Yeah, I think it's relevant. I haven't really used it. Honestly, my testing has been just jamming blue-blacks. I've been having fun. Mm -hmm. It's been fun tuning the deck. It's a really fun deck to play, too. Yeah. And I don't see anything, anyone doing anything that really makes me... I feel like the good players are just winning with their deck, you know. Canister is mm. winning with Phoenix. Misplaced Ginger is winning with Red Black. Oh, Danielek is winning with Is It. You know, it's just like, yeah, the, the good players are winning with the deck that they know well. Oscar Franco's winning with Blue White. <laughs> it, it's really doesn't feel like. So I think knowing your deck well is, is probably pretty important. Is that is that another data point in favor of playing blue black this weekend and just going down it actually on is, your own yeah. terms? Yeah, it is. It is. Oh my gosh! Can we talk him? Well, into doing hopefully it? you you make the deck registration on time. Yeah, I'm a little worried. I don't have. I actually had more more cards than I thought I would. Um, you know, I have I have some some tinier cards. I have some shot. I have most of the shock lands and. Cantrips, the rest, <laughs> couple digs. Um, I don't have Ledger Shredder, but someone's someone's bringing me a shout out to Rosie Hoser, bringing me a Phoenix deck, and they changed registration. That was so nice. It was supposed to be Friday morning, Ugh. so I was gonna basically have to submit tomorrow night before leaving, and now it's Friday evening, so I get to get Ooh. there, go to the site, make sure I have all my cards. I don't have to like register a deck without having all the cards and having to sweat it, you know. <laughs> 
because who knows what the card avail availability availability is going to be there. I mean, there should be some dealers, but they might not have everything. They might not have the new cards. They might not have the commons. There's also a lot of players and players playing in the last chance qualifier. So I, I figured, you know, I can probably uh, find the cards I need, but yeah, that'll be nice. Nice. Okay. Overall, any nerves for the tournament? Not that way, just stressed about having to lock in a deck and figure out the logistics of getting the cards. I feel much better since I know that they push back registration and that someone's bringing me a Phoenix deck. You know, worst case, I'm okay playing Phoenix. I think it's a strong deck and can't, can't go too poorly. I mean, sure, I could get paired against Lotus Field six times in a row and mm. you know, that, that would suck, but... In, in you know in the long run it's probably a a very good choice i'm uh whipping out the special i'm gonna be wearing a suit in sophia yeah do, do you own any pioneer cars harry do i own any pioneer cars Pfft, heck no. no i sold everything i, that I, I, I mean i can check but I, it's you said you played the challenge this weekend you've been playing a bit of pioneer uh yeah i played i played red white artifacts Basically, I was going to do commentary for NZ... Well, I did do commentary for NZD's event, the Legacy event. And I was playing Call of Duty with Cherry X-Man, and he goes, Oh, wouldn't it be so funny if you double-queued NZD's commentary and tried to top it a, pop, a Pioneer Challenge? And I was thinking, I was like, hmm, what if NZD found out? And I was like, nah, screw it. I'm going to do that. So I jammed Red White Artifacts. I actually messed up the time start for NZD's tournament or a commentary start, so it didn't even matter anyways, but I 03 dropped and the deck felt terrible. Uh, I lost to Mono Blue Spirits in round one. Round two, I lost to something rant. Like, I just lost to Mono Blue Spirits and then crashed. It was just a terrible tournament. I hate the deck now. Used to be really high on it, but I'm just not a big fan. I think that the upside of playing Patchwork Automaton doesn't see that much upside anymore and it just it just felt like a a rough deck to be honest it doesn't feel and and you the biggest the biggest beat actually is temporary lockdown temporary lockdown is that you three mana win the game you cast your spring leaf drum your ornithopter your bomac courier and literally anything and they temporary lockdown you lose they can temporary lockdown um when you hold a Michiko, you lose. So I lost quite badly as well to the new Karuga Fires deck because all they did was mulligan to temporary lockdown. They mulligan to five games two and three and had turn three temporary lockdown, and I lost. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not high on the deck at all. I do not recommend that for Sophia. If you play it, I'll see you in the O2 bracket. Yeah. <laughs> no, Plus, Blue Eyed Control yeah. started playing that card. I played yeah. I played with Lockdown and Blue Eyed a bit. I thought it was pretty good. I think it's a little superior to playing Portable Hole, but not by much. Oscar Franco, who's the one player who keeps doing well with Blue White, he's still on Portable Hole, still like pretty much the same list he's been playing for a few months. And you know, I was playing before that, and Harry Thirteen kind of tuned. I'm not sure who really tuned it. They kind of everyone at you know the hive mind, but he he's still on Portable Hole. Yeah, mm. I am. Upon reflection. Which Upon reflection, I, I was kind of into portal. I was into. I thought temporary lockdown was going to be sweet, but then I that one mana interaction from portable hole getting to keep up the counter spell as well is just. It's too hard. To, it's too hard to say no to. There was just these spots where like you'd be like, I really want to lock down these two permanents away, but it exposes you. 
Whereas if you just had ten portable holes, you could just take one of them out, and you know your life would be just fine, and you could still keep the shields up. I think it's it's matchup dependent. I feel like against green, it's kind of a wash because portable hole can be great on the draw, getting the elf right away, but lockdown can get like two or three perns sometimes. I think against Phoenix, it's probably where you you lose the most because. Dealing with Shredder right away seems pretty important. Um, but against mono-white humans, I think Lockdown's better. Spirits, all, all the Swarm decks, I think Lockdown's better. So kind of kind of close. And I guess sometimes you can maybe get two Shredders. So maybe that makes up for it for the, 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 the scenarios where you don't get the, the Shredder right away. Yeah. Overall, my opinion on Pioneer, I was saying this to my friends that I, I play magic or watch magic literally all day i'm just bored of pioneer and modern just because it feels so repetitive i i literally i've been here from the start and end of green in the format and that's why i felt so demotivated in playing it because i remember on this podcast that she's saying to you guys this green deck coming up it's gonna be good it's gonna be good it's gonna be good and then it's been good literally for months since i was at doing my exams in university which is like six seven months ago or no more like five six months ago so that's why you know when i sit here and play magical day i don't really want to play against rakdos green phoenix and blue white control in the same builds with two cards difference you know so that's why i'm kind of waiting for modern two to kind of be shaken up and i'm kind of disappointed that brothers doesn't seem to have any impact on something like mono blue spirits to make that better or red white artifacts red white artifacts in this prototype artifact deck got no upgrades so that's why i'm a bit disappointed well, i think in a couple of weeks time once these once the rc's the regional championships dust settles i don't think there's going to be a huge amount of pioneer content or pioneer kind of focus until you know the cycle comes around again i think next stand the next qualifier seasons are standard if i remember correctly then or the next the next mm. rc is standard is that right yeah Right, so that that's gonna yeah. that might become the kind of center of people's attention for the first time in what feels like forever, really. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's less about coming. people's attention though, because I'm I'm trying to play every Magic for it right now, like Popper Legacy Vintage, and I want to do Pioneer Modern. I just feel like Popper Legacy and Vintage are always changing, and there's always like something really cool and new to play. And whereas Pioneer and Modern seems very stuck in one place, but I guess that's because they're the hyper competitive formats, right? Mm -hmm. I would assume that's why. That does that does have an impact on on format, not format diversity necessarily, but like, well, no, maybe I do mean format diversity, but I'm not necessarily format health. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I've been enjoying playing the control decks a lot, and Waffle's been doing well in Modern again, so I have license to play Blue White Control next time. I play a modern tournament. I actually played the modern challenge with four color Omnap with Ice Fang, no companion, and I did terrible. I went 06 in games. I didn't play against either Murktide or Hammer Time, but and I think my list was a bit off. Didn't really prepare the, the deck very well, but that felt terrible. I'd probably just play Murktide if I was playing modern right now. I don't give but, away your life on the line with answers already. Yeah. What was I going to say? Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think it, it, it is like we're getting closer to RC. A lot of people playing the Pioneer Leagues are probably qualified for it and testing for it. And you have seen a rise of just, you know, condensation of Phoenix. You know, you play 
against the top decks way more than, than you used to. I think maybe after that, people be able to relax, try the new cards out, find which synergies are, are maybe worth it. I don't think you can expect, you know, seeing any changes. Maybe some people have been testing, you know, in real life with the new cards and I wouldn't be surprised if someone figures something out from Rudder's War. I think there's some cards that have potential, but it takes a little time, you know. Yeah, there were definitely some build around cards, like things that you could like design an entire new strategy around in Brothers War. You know, these meld cards from you know the Mishra and Urza double face cards, the sort of things that you can for Pioneer is not such a hostile format that I can't imagine you can put together like a three a three drop and a four drop and be successful. So there's probably some archetype out there that we're all missing or hasn't been tuned that someone's putting yeah. the time and effort in and might have a great weekend somewhere at one of these regional championships. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward, you know, getting being able to get the cards of Mana Traders and trying a Nerza deck and then trying the Mishra deck and trying to meld them and trying more artifact builds. I think maybe there's something to be done with the 2-1 the that makes artifacts and Moonsnare prototype ramping into Stern Lessons, some, you know, play, you get Rebuke and Vol Voltage Surge, which are pretty efficient and strong spells. Uh, I mean, these decks take, take tuning, you know, do you play Emery? Do you play something else? Do you play maybe some Urza's Command into Gearhulk? What do you want your top end to be? Or do you just top out at like a bunch of Sahilis, the free and four mana Sahili? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's some 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 cool stuff to explore. Uh, Modern, on the other hand, I'm not sure. I haven't been watching Spike stream. I haven't had time, so I don't know what he's up to. I'm sure he, he's been trying stuff out. You can blink the new prototypes. I'm not sure if either of you have seen any of the new cards in Modern since yesterday. I watched a little bit of Spike streaming last night while I was waiting for you to to fire things up. He was playing uh, some kind of mono-red uh, Goblin Welder Trash for Treasures deck that played uh, the one-mana artifact Mishra's Workbench, uh, which lets you like, exile top cards your library has on Earth. So it was kind of a little bit of a prison deck, like a toolbox and a prison artifact deck. I don't yeah. really have much to say. I... I I feel a little bit bad just kind of like piggybacking off spy content and just describing what he was doing. But at the yeah. same time, like, uh, yeah, he's definitely obviously got a million and one bruise up his sleeve that he will, he will be throwing at the world. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see one of them is pretty, pretty good. That one, that one mana artifact does seem like one of the cards that could fit into a pioneer build. It's one mana and then you sack it for one and it's not light up the stage, but you get to play one of the two cards. Yeah, you exile the top two cards of your library. Turn. You choose one of them and you get to play it until your next end step. And then it has unearth for one and a red. So it's yeah. kind of like draw two over... So it's a draw two for five mana. Yeah, five mana yeah. draw two. It's kind of like an artifact thing twice in some ways. Yeah, yeah, very and much like that. Yeah. And it's also a cheap artifact that you can tap to Moonsnare Prototype or get a, get a trigger of your 2-1. Um, I think Unearth counts as casting too, so you maybe get a 2-1 on the way back as well. I'm not sure Unearth Cast is casting. I think it's just an activated ability in the graveyard. Okay. Anyways. I'm excited to see what this new set can do. I mean, it has a lot of interesting cards and you know things that we've seen, things that I certainly think that people won't have explored or have fully fleshed out in time for these RC tournaments. 
just because you know there's a lot on the line, so you're encouraged yeah. to play it safe. And there's already three three powerful powerful decks at the top of the format that haven't really been able to be displaced, which is you know a sign that you know one set's not really going to go and topple all three decks at once. So it's a hard you have a hard time putting your energy into that. It's probably not a good bet to spend a huge amount of energy trying to yeah. break it when you can play it safe. But afterwards, I'm sure that plenty will happen. I think also it's going to be a good weekend for viewers, especially if you're yeah. into higher level magic. I feel like I'm so excited. The the best players are going to rise because I think knowing your deck is going to be really important. And I'd be surprised to see just the best players playing their their the archetype they've been testing a lot and stuff. Is the well. US and tournament being covered? I'm assuming it is. Yeah. I'm not sure. It is. NZD's doing it. Oh, NZD is doing it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's there's yeah, a discrepancy true. of where it's going to be, but there will be coverage either on NZD's Twitch or DreamHack's Twitch. It's pretty cool. That's fantastic. So the, I can basically watch coverage all weekend. Yeah. That's fantastic. Morning, noon, and night. That's what I like to hear. That's great. I've Honestly, I've missed serious professional magic coverage for a while. <laughs> pretty badly. I, so what I wouldn't give to hear talk. Rich Hagen <laughs> introduce the Pro Tour. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, is that our Pioneer done for this week? Or yeah. what are you thinking? I think so. If, if if anyone was hoping for, you know, my, my exact deck, I'm honestly not sure. I think I'm probably going to end up playing some kind of blue-black pile, but... I would bet good money on you playing some kind of blue-black pile. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of like the Ragdos deck too. I, I wouldn't hate playing Ragdos if if anyone's listening is gonna have an extra copy of Ragdos. <laughs> Just for me, bring, bring Friday, come, come come and find me Friday. Uh, you know, at, at the side before registration is over and. Maybe I'll I'll just yeah. uh, play. This is a this is this is a call out a challenge to all viewers. If you can convince Gab to get off Blue Black Pile, there's probably a significant kind of credit and kudos to you when he eventually does well in the tournament. <laughs> He's gonna turn around and thank you immensely. You'll get a shout out on the podcast late next week at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> Rough. You wanna you want you wanna get into some modern Harry? Yeah, I mean I actually I played a decent bit of modern this week. Played some creativity, not bad. Played some, uh, played played quite a bit actually of Underworld Breach. Now I don't know if you guys knew. Did you know about the Underworld Breach bug this past week? No. Did you know that for a few days, if you cast Underworld Breach, the game would get confused and think that when you try to escape it, it would add both costs together. So if you wanted to cast Bolt from the graveyard, it would be red, red, and three cards. Yeah. It, it merged the costs, so something like Grinding Station would be four mana. Four colorless, three cards. So I didn't know this. Went into a prelim, and it was so brutal. I was so close to 2 2ing. You don't know how insane it was. Because luckily, Mox Amber and Mishra's Bubble are zero. So it's zero plus zero, which is zero. So you could try and navigate wins. But it was really rough because if you turn the breach combo from really cheap and efficient to this weird costed side of it, it's really sad. And I actually almost. I almost tutooed, but I mistapped. I made the most insane play against a living in player, cast the Underworld Breach to uh, Galvanic Blast their face because I couldn't Grape Shot them. And then I realized I, I tapped double red for Breach. So I didn't have double red for the Galvanic Blast. In my head, I just thought, oh, Galvanic Blast is two mana. 
So sadly, lost a really sick game. But um, yeah. yeah. So I went into the prelim, the, the, bombed out just because my deck. The second didn't work. you said it, actually, I knew I knew what you were talking about because it was the same for Kroxa. Kroxa was bugged the same way; it cost six mana to uh, escape for a few days. Right. That's okay. where the cro- that's that that's how it got to that. So it was the, it was adding the casting cost add to the escape cost. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I didn't realize that what was happening. Yeah. I knew someone just told me it cost six to escape Croxa. Yeah. That's what, that's what I heard as well. I was like, that's a very strange thing for Magic Online to do, and I just moved on with my life. <laughs> and but- that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I actually did seriously play, or I I seriously watched a lot of uh, Jeskai Breach and and played, and I thought you know, I think that that this deck is arguably one of the hardest decks I've ever played and i've played some janky vintage combo decks and i i feel like the deck has a really strong potential to do well but you've got to be someone like cory baumeister to actually prove that it's a good deck so um i think the deck is really good every time i play it i make like three mistakes a game and somehow end up comboing so if you play that deck well honestly i'd recommend that for modern creativity wise i really like the deck um I never played it. I never played around Orvar in the two leagues that I played with it, and I never saw an Orvar, so Must be that nice. felt quite good. MBN. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the the list that I played was the two persist version, four spell pierce, two persist. I really like four spell pierce. What a surprise! That's why everyone's playing it. I said in my YouTube video that I think creativity is my top pick for the format, and I think that's for like the general modern player. If you're, if I would say. Breach is my top pick, but you have to be very, very meticulous with that list. In general, I go with creativity. So I'm balancing between these two decks. I really like them in modern, and I think Breach makes modern a fun format for me. What What did you guys play? Not much. I told you I just played the one challenge when 06 oh, yeah. in games. Oh, shit. And yeah, creativity sounds pretty good. <laughs> if I'm... you're not getting Orvard, or if you're being a little careful. Yeah, I've just been... I've been, I've been, I played two matches of Murktide over the last two weeks. It's been fun. Oh, wow. Okay. Do you guys want to hear about anything in the other formats? Sure. Have you played any Pauper that guy you said was going to break Pauper? The thing that was like slightly better than Augur of Wallace? Oh, I haven't been able to play, but I did do a league with the blue black control deck in Pauper. I, this is just a shameful thing to admit, but I watched you play that blue black uh mm-hmm. go angle deck. i watched the whole video on youtube it was really good i really enjoyed it yeah thank you it's all right oh, all nice. the way to the end bumping those metrics <laughs> i appreciate it's it it's all right yeah no yeah i thought that basically i realized that you can get a lot of clicks and views on popper if you take modern commons and pretend like it's a modern video but not say that it's modern and then at the intro, describe why the deck, the card is bad in modern, and then be wait a second, this deck's, this card's great in pauper. So, I guess to describe the video for those who haven't seen it, the title of this video is "This MTG Deck Makes Gurmag Angular Tier One Again," and the thumbnail is a uh, <laughs> Gurmag Angular and Thought Scour with finally good pointing at the two cards. Hey, so hey, this is disrespectful I, for all the, all the Thought Scours and Gurmag Anglers I've cast in my time. <laughs> yeah so the deck is basically just you thought scour yourself um and you also use mental note which is just thought scour but you can only target yourself 
and then you cast either Gurmag Angler or Talarian Terror, and then you have Counterspell, Snuff Out, Spell yeah. Pierce, and a load of interaction with the ability. So you haven't played this deck with the updated uh, Augur of no. card from the new set. That's a shame. I haven't. That Ophri is pretty good. I saw a list from Mr. Reb. He 5-0'd was Jeskai's Sentence. He was the Ophri in it to power... Just find his combos, gives him a blocker, powers digs. Maybe that's a card I haven't tried yet, but I don't know if it's awkward with Shredder because then you have too many creatures or if it just complements Shredder, enables your treasure cruise, it finds any kind of non-creature spell so it can find your Narset or your Fable. It's also just a good good card to copy with Fable as well when you flip Fable, so... Ooh, maybe that card is good. Point. The body is somewhat relevant. If you break, you get a one four. If not, it's an O three. So blocks a bit against mono white, I guess. It, it chumps. It, it protects you in our set. It's it's a solid card, but I guess there's a lot of competition for that slot. I can't lie. The way you've described it there exactly replicates how I would have described Sylvan Carroted in green when I was a heavy green player. And I, you know, I always thought, oh, do I really want this one of Sylvan Carroted for all these aggro decks? And it comes up so much. So honestly, I, maybe it's okay as a one of, maybe. But yeah, that, that's, that's a, that's a cool. But yeah, no, Pauper, that's what I've been doing. Vintage and Legacy have been a ton of fun. Vintage, you can just gem any deck you play. Black Lotus, Ancestral Recall, Force of Will, Bazaar of Baghdad, I actually feel like the vintage format is quite balanced against each other. I don't feel like there's one insanely good deck. I would say the best blue deck is Underworld Breach with Luris. But outside of that, I feel like most decks have decent, like, it's like really fair and <laughs> ironic to say fair. But yeah, I love vintage. Legacy, I'm not like too high on, but I've played a lot of it. And I just find the format fun. I played Legacy Minotaurs today. You know what that deck uses? It's a card called Didgeridoo. It's a one-mana artifact where you can pay three mana to put a Minotaur from your hand into play. But what's busted is you can find it from Urza Saga. So the game plan is you play Urza Saga turn one, stand still turn two, turn three, you add a mana with Urza Saga, play your land drop for turn and obviously you fetch Didgeridoo and you just act, you just activate Didgeridoo for the rest of the game. You don't, and then if they cast a spell, you draw three from standstill. So Please tell me you're just I putting a blue-eyed Minotaur into play. Yeah, and you play, I guess to really go deep in the deck, you play Boros, what is it called? It's called like Boros Battlebreaker, I think. It's like a seven mana five five. And at the beginning of each combat, you can both force a creature to either attack or block and force a creature to not be able to attack or block. You play a 6-mana 5-5 five five that whenever you play a land, you get an additional combat step this turn, and you untap all your creatures the additional combat step. And you also play Neheb, which is basically Fable of the Mirror Breaker if you hit, because you get to loot as many cards as you want, and you get a red mana for every card you discard. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm making this deck sound insane. I went, I went uh, 1 and 2. Sorry. So, Sorry, this, yeah. this, is how, this reminds me of like every... LGS conversation I've had in my lifetime where someone's like, was like, hey, I've got this really sweet deck. You're like, oh, that sounds great. And they just like tell you all about it. Sorry. Yeah. They're just talking to you for like 15 minutes. Sorry. I Sorry, Didgeridoo is like, I remember opening Didgeridoo in a packet of Homelands when I was like 12 years old. <laughs> Being like, what really? the fuck am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> 
There's no Minotaurs in Magic. Well, there were. There were Minotaurs. I had a Hula and Minotaur in my collection. It's a three mana, two, three. So I could, for a grand total of four mana, I could put it into play for my hand. Yeah. But no, that that was about it this week. I'll, I'll stop my little <laughs> so DJ fine. deck Sorry. rambles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just describing the text on cards that no one did. It's <laughs> just yeah. an absolute classic. <laughs> just, I love it. No, yeah. Dude, what's funny is this is the video where I've got the most hate on. A lot of, I, I've had a few comments on, the video's been out for three hours, and I've had a few comments saying, like, you've made my pet deck look absolutely awful. You're way worse than this YouTuber who played it. I, I have that exact comment. It's, it's actually hilarious that people think this well, Minotaur deck is super viable in legacy <laughs> I, I think it's okay i don't know what to say <laughs> yeah I don't know what it's to say. funny don't mess with the brewers but you yeah. know who we should be messing with is everyone in the life on the line tournament that's right so just the three of so, us then huh life on the line theoretical tournament tomorrow you win the event you live you lose you die you got to bring a deck from every forum we've talked about today so what are you bringing alongside minotaurs and legacy pal <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you thank you for for, for for clarifying that i'll be bringing in minotaurs and legacy um in modern i'm definitely just gonna play murktide I, I think that deck is incredible and i enjoy playing it pioneer i'm 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 torn i i, th I think that if i was t if i was playing sophia on this weekend i would just play blue light control it's a deck i have the most experience wow. with it's the deck that I'm comfortable playing the, the top matchups and I'm comfortable playing against Phoenix. I'm comfortable playing against Rakdos and I'm comfortable playing against uh, Mono Green. I think like Gab describes, you know, it's a coin flip at worst and you can configure your deck to be ahead in those matchups, especially against people who aren't particularly rehearsed in playing that matchup. I think that I would favor myself against a random person playing those decks in general. So yeah, I play Blue, White and Pioneer. Dig through time or not? Yeah, I would play some dig through times. I was really enjoying Behold the Multiverse, but I would play a mix of Behold and Dig. Okay, it's kind of tough because you okay. have to play Consider if you play Dig through time. And you I don't mind. I, place... I'm not obligated to play four Consider. I don't think. I think you probably get away with two or three. Mm. But that said, that like when I was in, when I was winning the most with Blue White, I was playing four Consider. So. Yeah. Okay. It's... For me, Pioneer. Um, I think I'm going to bring some mono green to surprise everyone. Modern. think I'm going to bring creativity. I think cons consistency-wise, it's, it's a decent deck if you play it on a, an average skill level. Um, what, what about you, Gab? <laughs> Pioneer. Pioneer first. We want to hear it. There's no I'm, Minotaur deck I'm, in Pioneer. I have no idea. I'll literally have my life on the line this weekend, and I don't know what I'm going to play. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Pat will talk me into Blue White. Maybe he'll talk some sense into me. And uh, I'm not sure if it's sense. White. I mean, you described it. You, you said you feel like you're ahead against the free top decks. I think it's true for Ragdos. I think you're slightly ahead against Ragdos, but I'm not sure you're ahead against Phoenix See, and it's, Green. It's funny. Is... I, feel that, I feel that's the worst one of the three. <laughs> Yeah, I think so too. But I like Whereas Narset's. I feel like you talk um, to other people and they will say that's the best one. And I, I, I kind of disagree. But um, yeah, I, I honestly don't know what I'm going to play. Blue, black, I guess. And then in modern, I think I would play creativity as well. Get to play red and six and fable and just strong proactive deck. Yeah, those are good cards. Okay. 
Awesome. Well, going towards the end of the episode. Oh no, we got to do prices right. Yeah. We can do a new card. Pick 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 one of your favorite cards from Brothers of War. Uh, what about the entry ticket, the entry price for the LC, LEC and Sophia? <laughs> what? What? It's free. Is yeah. it free? That's, I would have guessed like us, twenty yeah. euro, or like eighty euro, it's or something. Just the, the, the suckers in the US going to DreamHack have to pay. Like Dude, I would have guessed like eighty bucks euro or hey. something. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. All right. Shout out to uh, shout out to Legacy not charging us. That's right. Mm. Also, Legacy, what is please, th- please change your name. It's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, you gotta think confusing. it's bad for them too, right? To be, people are just confused when you talk about it. it. Can't be, it can't be plus CV for them to be called Legacy, right? I mean, I know it's obviously not easy to change the name of your org, but yeah, I don't. You know. don't want confusion around your events and your name and stuff, right? Be like people. The tournament's legacy. No, it's the name of the org. Oh, you know. Maybe maybe the I'll talk to them this weekend and mention it. And I'm sure they've thought about it, or you know. But yeah, no, it's tough managing their Twitch chat when you get people. Why isn't this legacy? It says legacy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really annoying. Because actually, a lot, and I mean a lot of Magic players, have no clue what RCs are yeah. and stuff. The amount of people that have no clue that are yeah, watching. Yeah, I was shocked. Insane. I've been playing nothing but Pioneer, and some of my subs are like, "Yeah, why have been why have been playing so much Pioneer?" Today, I had like locking in my deck in for Sophia, and people are like, "Who or what is Sophia?" Like people don't even, <laughs> don't even know. Anything. That's just disrespectful to Bulgarians, really. <laughs> no, we can't yeah. blame them. If you're not like really like, yeah, it's it's hard to know what's going on. It's hard to follow and stuff. Mm. It's rough. Well, hopefully, it becomes more clear after this weekend. Yeah, with his expert coverage. I... <laughs> Thank you. I'm 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 excited for coverage. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna properly uh, attempt to be professional this weekend. Incredible. Full suit. Gonna make sure that I'm not wearing a hat around the venue. Blah, blah, blah. Are you going to be yeah, on? Anyways. Are you going to be on coverage with uh, Big Z? I don't know. Uh, well, obviously at some point, yes. But the idea of four people this time is so that you get two hour break, I think, or you get hour break. It's more regular. Right. They want to rotate four people instead of three. Okay, so you won't because be... I was doing ten hour days and getting like two, two. Dude, it's two so three seriously full day of coverage is so tiring. Hey? Yeah, yeah, it's rough. I mean, there. It's funny because when you do. When we were doing last rounds, day ones, we were literally just like, just reading out what we see on the screen. It's just like, you just give like physically, it's so hard to follow. But yeah, Um, Price is right. I think we should do the Snapcaster Mage because it's a mythic, right? The Arcane Proxy. Arcane Proxy. I know how much it's worth on Magic Online. I think it's like seven ticks on Magic Online for full disclosure. But sure, let's do it. Okay. Sure. Three, two, one. 25 euro. Ten. Oh, I, did, I said 10 as well. Me and Harry said 10. Well, you both eliminated and I win by default. Arcane proxy on carmarket.com. It would end the segment earlier. Oh! 30-day average price is 9 euros and 51 cents. Oh. Pat, you are the loser, and Gab and I are joint winners this week on the price is... Right, Gab, where can we find you on the internet? Twitch.tv slash Yellowhat and hopefully winning lots this weekend on the Legacy Twitch channel. Awesome. You can find me 
On YouTube, Harry MTG, clickbaiting the heck out of people, trying to get you to watch pauper content. Lol W. What about you, Pat? Uh, you can find me leaving comments on Harry's legacy videos, t telling him that he's a bad man for disgracing my favorite legacy deck. <laughs> so it was you. It was me all along. <laughs> That's right. So. It was you it all along. It kind of makes sense, right? Story checks out. You said how you opened DJ Radio as one of your first cards in That's Hobart, right. So That's right. It's right. It's like a Scooby Doo mystery. They just take the hood <laughs> off the villain at the end. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Awesome. Well, if you made it this far into the episode, thank you so much. We'll be catching up with you next week on Gab's results in Sophia. Peace. Yeah. Take care, everyone, and good luck if you're playing in an RC.